Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Cooking Competition Show. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Welcome to We Got This with Mark and Hal, the show that settles the debates nobody else will touch. But not only do I want to touch this debate, but I want to put it in my mouth and eat it. Oh, I'm excited about this one. I know some people are like enough with the food and some people are like more food. I'm with the more food people. Yeah. Well, this is a more food and also a pop culture television because we've never actually tasted any of the food that is made on any of these reality shows. That's right. So, Hal, you have in front of you a basket. Please open your basket. Oh, let me take a look. Oh, it's a bunch of cooking and baking competition shows. That's right. Your episode must include competition shows. Very gentle British people. A loud mouth. A loose cannon with a tattoo of a knife on their arm. Somebody sweating into the food. And somebody protesting getting kicked off. Make a meal out of that, Hal. I do every time I watch these shows. You're a fan of these, too. I love. You know, it occurs to me, like, I know this is one where I feel like coming in, there's kind of a clear winner that everybody loves. I don't know if I agree with it or not. And I would hate to not talk about how many of the great cooking and baking competition shows there are and it sends me into a spiral about every other food show that i love like i'm not going to talk about unwrapped i'm not going to talk about unwrapped i love unwrapped i know we're not going to talk about unwrapped because it's not a competition competition. yeah that's right now we're talking competitions i'm wondering if the one that you're thinking of as the front runner is the Mm -hmm. one that i consider to be the what do you mean it didn't win it's all of my friends's favorite (laughs) <laughs> well, there are two that fit that, right? I would say the Great British, the Great British Baking Show is one of those. I think yeah. it has a very loud niche audience that is all of our friends and circles. Well, and Chopped as well. And Chopped is the other one, yeah. Chopped is another super popular yeah. one. Let's put those aside for a second. Yeah. Let's talk about some other. There's so many of these shows. There's so many yeah. of them. But there are some that stand out for either their drama. Or their sheer lunacy or different personalities that are at the forefront of the specific shows. I want to start with one of the big personalities, and that is Gordon Ramsay in Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Were you ever a fan of Hell's Kitchen? Um, You know, I prefer Kitchen Nightmares when it comes to Gordon Ramsay because yeah. like, I don't like him yelling at people who are good at their job necessarily. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the people who come into Hell's Kitchen, there are a lot of times people who come on the show, unless it's like Worst Cooks in America or Nailed It, it's mm-hmm. people who have a good amount of skill at what they do. Oh, yeah. And to have them broken down in the way that they are. By Gordon Ramsay. That's not a flavor I enjoy. Yeah. I like him yelling at people who are doing a bad job running the restaurant and then are mean to their staff. Yeah. I want the obstacle of the show and the mm-hmm. game of the show to be for it not to be just uh, don't upset this jerk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Also, yeah. I'm going to pull, I'm going to give a little tea on this episode from a mutual friend of ours who used to work at Hell's Kitchen. Mm. And that's all I'll say about who it is. But it's Gordon Ramsay. It's Gordon Ramsay, our friend Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. I also should say, in full disclosure, my brother was on a season of the show. Nothing I'm saying here breaks any NDA that my brother signed. 
Yes. That said, this is coming from another source who was a PA on Hell's Kitchen. Do you know why the food always turned out bad on that show, Hal? Because he sabotaged it. My friend's job on that show was to stick bolts into the stoves so that they couldn't turn them above low and they couldn't turn the ovens above 200 degrees. So anybody that if you watch Hell's Kitchen, the people that succeed are the people that make ceviches and salads. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How brutal is that? That's terrible. Yeah, Yeah, I don't I mean, that can't be the winner. No, of course. Uh, If you want a good Gordon Ramsay cooking competition show, watch MasterChef. Yeah. MasterChef is let's talk about MasterChef. MasterChef is one of my all time faves because that's home cooks. Nobody that's a contestant on there is a chef. So Gordon Ramsay, what is it, Graham Elliott? Is that his name? No. Mm-hmm. Is it Graham Elliott? The other I chef. So. And then there's a, and then, um, Joe Bastianich is the yes. third, Lydia Bastianich's son. And the three of them, at least in the early seasons, they've got new people doing it now and a million different versions of it. Yeah. But there's a kindness to it. You know what I mean? There's a kindness yeah. to when somebody gets kicked off, they all hug each other and they're like, Oh, you're so great. Keep cooking. And it's a really uplifting show. It's not chefs being monsters to each other. It's a few chefs being nice to home cooks. And everybody wanting to, you know, the best competitions uh, for TV, yes, you're competing with other people, but you're also competing against yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're competing against your limitations, especially as a home chef. So to watch, like, uh, there was one season, and I cannot remember the name of the contestant, but he was like a dad. And mm-hmm. he was like, he and his wife seemed to have a good amount of money. I think he's like from Malibu or something. He was a stay at home dad at that point and mm-hmm. he struggled, but kept surviving. And then they get to cook a steak. Like yeah. that, that's the thing. And he made steaks for his kids all the time. So he's putting the herbs and the butter in there and he's basting it properly. And he makes a perfect steak because they finally got to a challenge that was in his wheelhouse. So he's yeah. trying and pushing for everything else. But when it gets to what he's good at, he knocks it out of the park and it's, you're rooting for him. Everybody's yeah. rooting for him because the judges will still, there's still a harshness to the judging of like, this isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. This is bad. Here's how you get better. You're learning by watching the show yeah. as they learn. I like that aspect of the show. Great British Bake Off or the Great British Baking Show is mm-hmm. the same thing of like watching these people. They're There's just a lovely. They're so lovely. Yeah. Maybe we'll save this for when we talk about the two big heavy hitters that you mentioned, the top chopped and yes. the great British bake off. But don't let me forget. I want to talk about the difference between a cooking competition show where the contestants are on there for one episode versus where they're on there for a full season. Yeah, because I think that is going to be a big part of this. Some of them feel, you know, we'll just talk about it now. Some of them feel like the stakes are lower. But it doesn't make them any less fun when it's somebody who's on there for one episode. I'm looking at shows like Cutthroat Kitchen, mm-hmm. which is it's basically a cooking competition show where Alton Brown just absolutely sabotages everything you're making. And it's hilarious. <laughs> and he's a great host. Yeah, I love that. I love uh Beat Bobby Flay, where sure. you've got to go in and make your signature dish against Bobby Flay. That's one episode. Yeah, he's one trying to things. beat you at your own game. Yeah, it's it, it feels mean spirited that show. Well, there's especially a lot when of he life. does the road version when he'll go like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to this lady's hometown. They say she has the best apple pie. Guess what? Screw you, lady. I'm yeah. gonna come here and make it better than you." This because could there be anything worse than you're in a lunch rush and just Bobby Flay walks in and say, "What do you know for here, chili?" And then yeah. he pulls out a pot uh, and a burner. Yeah. And Chuck and just get makes, out of here. 
Yeah. Come at three. This is a chili Colorado. And then people are just eating his stuff right out of the pot because it's so good because he's Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay appears yeah. a few times here. When it comes to Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. I love Iron Chef. Do you prefer the American version of Iron Chef or the original Japanese version? I think I've seen a lot more of the American version of Iron Chef, and it is very American. You know what I mean? Like, the original Iron Chef, it is disciplined. It is, there are these four chefs. These are who you, or is it even, maybe even three. I think it was three. But it's, it, they weren't, like, specific to any genre or style. They did have their own individual styles as Mm -hmm. chefs, but it was like, no, we are just cooking. And we get one ingredient that's going to be the star. And from there, you know, now there's the American version. There's like Iron Chef Duel, Iron Chef uh, Grudge Match. Uh, there's like 10 Iron yeah. Chefs. It feels like, well, because they did a show next Iron Chef, which is sort of the thing eating its tail. And as they keep making Iron Chefs, now there's a bullpen of 20 Iron Chefs to choose from. But I, I so I guess I did like the original Japanese version better. Yeah, I have seen some of of American Iron Chef and I love it because I love the concept of it. But the original dubbed version that I would watch yeah. at one in the morning, I just it's amazing. I love it. And I'm and it's always something like I don't eat octopus. I don't eat squid. I don't eat any of these foods, but watching them work with it and yeah. watching the judges eat it and make comments on how it tasted like it made those things like in those moments, I wanted to try those things. And I am. Yeah, I am Mr. Tan Foods. Sure. Where's my Mr. Tan Foods shirt? <laughs> Why don't I wear that out? I want you to, I want Mr. Tan Foods to be a guest judge on one of these shows. Like, does this have onions in it? Mm, I don't care for onions. Do you want to know what I had for lunch today? Uh, grilled cheese and fries. I had an open faced roast beef sandwich. Tan but it food, was on, it was on challah. So it was like yellow brown bread. Perfect. Roast beef, brown gravy, mashed potatoes and brown gravy. It was so good. It was Where'd so you get good. It? From that deli down the street? The, de- the deli down the street. I went on, I went on my oh, lunchtime walk so and I was like, oh, I'm going to walk around the building. I'll go there. I'll get the food and then I'll finish my walk going back. Yeah. So I, I went and ate, did like a half an hour loop for my lunch and then, and then included ate your tan eating. food. Got my tan food. Oh, it was so good. Oh, yeah. You know who I love on the original huh. Iron Chef Japan and the American version of Iron Chef? What's Masaharu that? Morimoto. Sure. Because that guy was he was the stern one on the Japanese version. <laughs> and then he moved to this free-for-all American version, and he just looks like he has so much disdain for every competitor on that show. Yeah. It is not Masaharu Morimoto. He looks softer as he's gotten older, but he yeah. looked like he was going to murder. He looked like he was going to defeat you in Iron Chef and then murder you. Oh, yeah. I remember there was an episode where he got so visibly and vocally angry when at the end of the battle, the chef he was battling against jumped up onto the counter and cheered to the crowd. Uh, And he was like, no, you cook food there. That is disrespectful. Why am I on this garbage show? And it was hilarious. Yeah, I like uh, I like the Iron Iron Chef. It feels like, uh, again, one of those pillars that a lot of these shows are standing on. Yes. Yes. That said, it is, there is a pageantry to that show. Yeah. It's the, it's the kitchen stadium. Yeah. You're in, you're literally in a stadium. Yeah. And I don't know. I love it. It could be a winner. Why not? Why wouldn't it win? It's great. There are, it's, I think we're going to find a combination of the setting, 
the hosts and the obstacles are what we're going to. That's going to be the particular soup that we're making in this episode is going to be the most flavorful combo of those three things. And I think even especially, you know, now with the American version with Alton Brown, I love Alton Brown. Sure. You know, as the commentator for Kitchen Stadium, the setting is great. Kitchen Stadium is a lot of fun. The obstacle is fun. Here's one ingredient that everybody has to use. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's up there as a contender. Absolutely. How do you feel about specialty shows when they're making one thing, like a Cupcake Wars or a Cake Wars? Those are fine. I never really got into them. I'm just blown away by the creativity because that is as much oh, yeah. about what it looks like when it's done yeah. as how it tastes. And there is something to that in every show that seems feels weird to say when they're all like how you plate is important and obviously the composition of the bites. But these people mm-hmm. are like – I have to put like dowel rods in and say, oh, this is oh, Dr. Yeah. I made the webulous world of Dr. Sue. Here's Yertle the turtle on top of a bunch of other turtles. It almost feels more like a like an art competition as much as it is a cooking competition. You know what well, I mean? The, like this yeah. meal includes 70 pounds of Rice Krispie treat, six dowel rods and a bunch of 10 <laughs> millimeter bolts. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's intense. Yeah. And just the things that they build. That like I'm always amazed because th- these people come on from actual bakeries that you can go visit. The yeah. original, the first ever winner of Cupcake Wars is in Culver City, California. It's okay. called Hot Cakes Bakes, and they make very good cupcakes. And they went on and and won. And so it hangs. It's like part of their signage that they won Cupcake Wars. Do you think that some of those shows? And I'm not disagreeing that they're an absolute blast. Do you think that some of those shows are jumping the shark? You mean like, is it cake? After a decade of seasons that some of these, it's just getting outlandish. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. I think they all do. Yeah. They all can. You can yeah, get that's tired true. Of all, you can say, I, I get it. I don't need to see another show where a bunch of pressure is put on chefs. Yeah. Though there's some of them that uh, certain elements, I guess, change, but where the show itself really doesn't. And it's, there's a sort of elegance to, nope, we're just going to do this. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, sort of the pedigreed one of these, uh, top chef, because sure. I think that gets some of the best chefs in, uh, like they're, they're, the pedigree of their chefs that they get is really high. Uh, they're asked, a lot is asked of them, but it's usually a pretty simple thing. It's make the best dish, yep. not make the best dish, but you can only use a guillotine. Yep. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Real quick before we go to break, what do you think about the anti-competition shows? I'm looking at Nailed It and Worst Cooks in America. I think they're entertaining, but I don't think they could be the best. They're a fun subgenre. Like they figured out a way to go. All right. Well, here's the other way because everybody sits at home and goes, well, I could never do that. I watched a guy on Top Chef once. They were like taken up to a rooftop. And they had to do prep work. They had to like Brunoise 10 onions. Mm-hmm. This guy who like called it, he's like, I'm a beast in the kitchen. He did it so fast that it was like he disappeared behind a mountain of chopped onions. Yeah. And it was like perfect and beautiful. And the knife work was so fast. And like I watched it. I was like, that is amazing. I wish I could do that, but I can't, mm-hmm. but I could watch a show about terrible chefs and yeah. then feel I can like watch some celebrities uh, makes me burn feel like I food. Cook. Yeah. yeah. And then I can feel like, oh, I could actually do this. So it, it achieves, <laughs> it achieves instead of being aspirational, it's making you feel better about what you already know. Yeah. I don't hate it, but I don't think it's the best. That's fair. Also, since, um, one of our, since our criteria are the personality, the obstacles and the setting, I'd like to point out one 
that I don't know. You can tell me if you think it's a contender. It's part supermarket sweep and part chopped. I'm talking, of course, about the television show where the setting is a grocery store. The obstacles are getting the food from the grocery store and into the judges' bellies in time. And the outsized personality in charge of the show is one Guy Fieri. You're talking about Guy's Grocery Games? Guy's Grocery Games. Yeah, it's a fun concept. Look, he's a, he's, he's a, a very good host. Yeah. He's super high energy. You know, you're going to have fun watching whatever he's doing. It's weird. Like, I don't, there's no show that I dislike. I like, I like all yeah, of they're them. They're all fun. They're all so yeah. much fun to watch. And it's fun to see different people with different specialties doing things or people who know a lot about everything and really the imagination yeah. that they have and the, ability and the things you learn to together a dish in like 45 minutes or an hour. Yeah. There is a point where they all feel kind of same, same. Mm hmm. That's the way I feel about the cupcake shows, like a lot of the Food yes. Network baking shows, oh. holiday cupcake wars, uh, Halloween cupcake wars, Christmas cupcake wars. Like it's all, the all they're all basically the same show. 100% the same show. Yeah. And cake wars are the same show. Yeah. And, and whatever best dessert in America. There are mm. a few that I think are master chef and top chef are very similar to one another for me, except one is home chefs and one is professional chefs, which so I like would say that league, maybe major leagues. Yeah. I would say that the joy of MasterChef and the fact that it is home cooks with other jobs kind of nudges that one into a warmer spot in my heart than Top Chef. It does. I like Top Chef a lot. Isn't it incredible to watch people who are at the top of their Yeah, team. they really are like the best chefs. And become famous from it. Yeah. I do like both of those shows that they have, you know, that the contestants are there for the whole season. And it's eliminating one at a time. Do you uh, follow... Jet Bentley, who is uh, Susser Lee's son. No. And he brings his father stuff. Like, here's a Kit Kat bar. Can you elevate it? And he goes, yeah. And then he. he oh, makes, I have seen this guy on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. He's done it with it. He brings it to to his dad, who was on Top Chef Masters and finished second. Mm -hmm. And he like elevates. He elevates these dishes and it's incredible. They all look so good. And he shows you how he does it. And. Like, it's just, it's, you know, you don't get to see these people unless you watch these shows. Like, that's, you get yeah. introduced to all of these. Like, there was like Julia Child for years. That yeah. was the person you knew the most. You knew a handful of TV chefs. And now, because of these competition shows, you're getting to see people who don't start as television personalities, but are just really good at what they do. Yeah. And some of them happen to be good on camera. And then you have your next generation of stars. And you have and shows like they, Next Food Network Star where they talk yes. about that. And how what you are looking for in that host is someone that you want to stand in the kitchen while they're cooking. Or you want to cook in the kitchen with. Well, Somebody I mean, that you want to just hang out. Adam Gertler, yeah, who I always think of as my buddy from college. He was successful and hosted shows. Absolutely. I, I watched his season. Cook. Yeah. It, like, yeah. I mean, he can cook. The guy can cook, but he was a fantastic actor in college. He was one of yeah. those guys that was like, Oh, he's going to work. Yeah. He's just going to work. He's, he's just so super affable. Yeah. And so he was able and, to. And who did an episode of this show? That's, of course. Yeah. I, we can, I'm sure we can get him back, but he combined those two skills so well. Yeah. That had there not been shows like this, he might not have been able to find the audience that he did. Yeah. And, so, I mean, look at who won the very first season. Adam got really far in his season of Next Food Network Star. You remember who won the very first season of the Next Food Network Star? Wasn't it Guy Fieri? It was Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah. That introduced the I world mean, to him. 
Yeah, and he has like 8 million shows. Can I name one more before we go? Because I feel like we should start. We're going to be bringing we it in. Start like that. Well, let's, well, let's, we'll figure out. I think at this point, I would safely say that we're taking Iron Chef and Master Chef with us into the finals. And Great British Baking Show. And Oh, and Great British Baking Show and Chopped. We had already put those two yes, in there. There is a great show that had more than one season that was called, I think it was called Food Truck Wars. Yeah, Jamie Oliver hosted that one. Yeah, that one was a great, that was a really fun show. and Because it went all the way across the country. Yes, if you haven't seen it, it's a group of food trucks that are on a, that are on a run together from one end of the country to the other. They stop in each city and they serve food. Whoever makes the least in that city gets eliminated, but it was a great way to learn about these food trucks. Yeah. And LA is such a great food truck city. I don't know to what extent the food truck craze is still what it was i enjoy it but i still but love me a food uh, yeah truck. i just don't know how prevalent you know what i mean yeah. like there was a time in the early to late 2000s or mid to late 2000s where mm-hmm. that was like the thing oh yeah i remember the first truck i went to in la was the calby truck mm-hmm. and it was korean fusion mm-hmm. so it was few and what it felt like it was fused with was mexican food delivery systems so it was korean tacos and burritos and oh, yeah. it was great and then Kogi was the big truck for a while. Yeah. Those were two and at the then, same time. They were both uh, really similar. Yeah, I may have yeah. gotten the Transmorphers version. <laughs> no, they're, that's, they're yeah. both great. Like they're each their own thing. That's the beauty of food trucks. But yeah, a lot, lot of great food competition shows. They can't all be finalists. We're going to deal with the finalists when we return. But first, this show continues because of the support of Max Fund members like you. And if you enjoy our show, there are a lot of other great shows on this network. We want to introduce you possibly to a couple of them right now and perhaps a word or two from a sponsor. And then we'll be right back. I'm Jordan Morris. And I'm Jesse Thorne. On Jordan Jesse Go, we make pure, delightful nonsense. We rope in awesome guests and bring them down to our level. We get stupid with Judy Greer. My friend Molly and I call it having the space weirds. Pat Oswalt. Can I get a Balrog burger and some Aragorn fries? Thank you. And Kumail Nanjiani. I've come back with cat toothbrushes, which is impossible to use. Come get stupider with us at MaximumFun.org. Look, your podcast app's already open. Just pull it out. Give Jordan Jesse Go a try. Being smart is hard. Be dumb instead. Hal Loveland here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment, professional wrestling. For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. And we're right back. Ooh, as promised. Hal, let's talk about some of the finalists that we have going in. We have mm-hmm. MasterChef. We mm-hmm. have Iron Chef. True. We have Chopped. And yep. we have the Great British Baking Show, True. a.k.a. Great British Bake Off. It dawned on me, though, while we were taking that little break, there is uh, a subgenre that we have not mentioned. And mm. a couple of these shows have versions in that subgenre. And I love that subgenre. I'm, of course, talking about Chopped Jr. and Master Chef Jr. Oh, yeah, the kids. 
The kid versions are so fun. You ever watch those? Yes, 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 yes. One of the kids from Master Chef Junior, I think, mm-hmm. is in college now, but he's like a brilliant baker. So oh, he, yeah? he created a TikTok that's just all him. Like, here's how you make cookies. Here's, here's how you do this. I'm making my family's entire Thanksgiving dinner. So here's how I'm doing it. Oh, I'm moving to my that. dorm room. I'm going to make cookies in my dorm room with a hot plate at like just Fantastic. really, really cool. I love that. Yeah. And I love the, that there are now like, apparently there are full on agents and stage moms for mm-hmm. kids who want to do this and that's their thing. Stage parents, I should say. The dads can be, and whatever the parent is, they can be just as insufferable as a stage mom, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Whatever the people they have surrounded themselves with as tiny TV chefs. Cause you'll see some of these kids will be like, Oh yeah, I did Master Chef Junior. Sure. Now I'm mm-hmm. doing a chopped. I'm going to go do uh, Iron Chef Junior as soon as they devise that one. Did they do an Iron Chef Junior? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Anyway, I love the kid versions of the shows. Mm-hmm. They're great. There's something very pure about them and also yeah. incredible to watch kids who are prodigies at cooking. Like a seven-year-old. I'm like, I would have burned myself mm-hmm. so many times. Yeah. Like age eight and nine, those are too young to have knife skills. And yet here we are. Yeah. And yet these kids know to tuck their fingers back. Yep. Like, good on them. Well, again, like... Do you think any of the kid versions are going to go into the finals? Are we looking yeah. at uh, some oh, well, they're offshoots of chef. They're offshoots of the adult ones. All right. That's fair. So we'll we'll take them under advisement. Listen, a, if, uh, if, am- those are the amicus briefs for this particular court. Yeah. If MasterChef were to win, you would mm. consider it a win for MasterChef Junior. How's that? That's true. That's the MasterChef family has won. Yeah. The MasterChef family. Never miss a beat, you know. Sorry. Well, cooking on South Street. Let's take a look. We've talked a little bit about MasterChef and a little bit about Mm -hmm. Iron Chef. Let's look back to back as a binary choice, just for fun, Mm -hmm. at Chopped versus Great British Bake Off. Because they're both cooking shows, but they have some obvious differences. The first being that Chopped contestants are on a single episode and Great British Bake Off contestants are on a full season. Yes, as long as they last within a season. Right, yes. But also, there is a kindness and a gentility and a serenity to the Great British Bake Off. That at the same time, you know, Mary Berry's not going to let you slide. She's not there to give free rides out. But the manner in which they talk to one another, the manner in which they are not in the same competition against one another, there's like a collegiality to it. I love that. And a kindness that I think it's... You know, you watch it because, number one, it's just you're looking at all these brilliant European and British pastries that you Mm want to eat. But also the characters and there's like a comfort to it that, you know, when you're feeling a little down or you're feeling stressed, you can put on an episode and all of a sudden you're in the English countryside in a tent watching people make trifles. Yeah. And it is so gentle and wonderful. And it's really there's an entertainment to it, too. It's not I don't think it's bland. Or mm-hmm. too like starchy, too mm-hmm. stiff, which I think you would. You it's would a little. Expect. It's a little sweet. It's a little saccharine. Well, like, you have no. But that's what we're watching. Hosting it, it. you have like a and Matt Lucas hosting. It. You yeah. have these people who are known for comedy that are the presenters that are able to pepper stuff in. But ultimately, the judges know so much about how to make these things and mm-hmm. to help people. And and I just. uh I can't get enough of it. Yeah. You have a more limited impression of Great British Bake Off. Yes. Yeah. It's, I've, I've watched infinitely more chopped episodes than I have. Sure. I've watched hundreds of chopped episodes. 
And maybe a dozen Great British Baking Show episodes. Right. Great British Baking Show, you have to watch for a season. You can watch a million chops. And And they're on back to back to back to back. They're all, yeah. Which sure. is one thing that I like about Chopped. It, in mm-hmm. the way that the Great British Baking Show feels like a vacation from work. Mm-hmm. Chopped feels like you are in the trenches of work. You are in there. It's fast paced. It's high pressure. You know, everybody is cooking against one another and against themselves, but it's, there's not really any, there's no cutthroat element to it. It's not mean spirited at all, but they are there to do a job. Yes. And they do that job very well. But I think as far as like the contestants go and this particular element, I think that having the full season to get to know the characters in this particular criterion, I think we have to give this one to the Great British Baking Show. Would you agree? I, oh, it's really tough. For this, for this, just for this criterion. For that criteria, yes. Yeah. I think there is a joy, though, in the pressure, watching people perform under pressure, and Chopped Mm -hmm. does that extremely well, down to the point that, you know, there's always an element on a cooking show of, like, we don't know what you're going to ask us to cook, Mm -hmm. but these mystery boxes are just a whole other level of just how to, like, well, it takes the same premise that everybody has. You could just as easily say, I want you all to make something using lobster and mayonnaise. Yeah. But the presentation of it is is really, really well done. Ted Allen is a great host. I was a huge fan of him on Queer Eye. I'm going to hit pause right there because we'll get to the hosts in a second. Okay. Because that's a whole separate category. But you led us nicely into what I think is the second criterion that we should look at, which is the obstacle of the game. And the obstacle of the game of Chopped is set. It is clear. It is a cultural touchstone. If you can ask anybody if they know what a Chopped basket is, and everybody knows what a Chopped basket is. It is a collection of ingredients that you have to put all together into something. It's become part of our vernacular. It's Chopped has the simplest premise, which may be why it's been around for 50 seasons or however, because they do like five seasons a year or whatever. Yeah. But like that's one thing about it that is... It's always there's like watching Jeopardy. You know exactly what every episode is going to be, except for the one big variable. What I haven't watched enough of the Great British Baking Show to know, like, I know that each week they have a different challenge. Is it one challenge or two per week? I, you're now you're putting it in the spot. I can't remember, but generally it's like yeah. we're all going to make this classic right. dessert. Here's how it's made. Now go make it. And they're, you know, they're infamous, like, mistakes of, like, oh, I left the freezer open or somebody, like, took somebody's ice cream out, not on purpose to put something in and then didn't put it in. And so they're either unintentionally sabotaged or they sabotage themselves. Right. And it's enough of a challenge to make the one thing as opposed to, like, all right, now here's – you did the first round. We're going to cut someone. Then we're going to go – like, we're going to keep going until it's down to two people. Yeah, it's like a long-form improv set versus short-form improv. Yes, absolutely. But as far as the obstacle of the thing, I feel like Chopped may have a more palatable obstacle, which is open this basket, use everything in it. Well, it's a more obvious obstacle. An ob- it's, a, obvious, it's a more not pronounced palatable, obstacle. A more pro- yeah, a more pronounced obstacle in, and the time element. What's They yeah. usually get like – they seem to be leisurely on British Bake Off. Did they? I mean, there is a clock. Yes? Yeah, they have a certain amount of time to complete it. It's not like, same, at some point tomorrow, bring this over to our college. No, 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 no. You have a certain amount of time to complete your task. 
But yeah, as far as obstacles go, Chopped is everybody loves the Chopped basket. Yeah. Did I tell you about the time that we in Bowie, Maryland, we did a Chopped challenge, the cast of no. Home for the Holidays. We did a Chopped challenge, and I very vividly remember a dish that I made that I was very proud of because one of the basket ingredients that we, the way we did it was we had my brother who was a chef text us all at the same time a list of ingredients that we had to use for, we only did one basket for our chopped basket. He texted it to us while we were at the grocery store and we had 15 minutes to get all the groceries that we needed for whatever we were going to make. Then we went back to the house and cooked it up. And one of the ingredients was aloe. Like the aloe plant, you crack it open and, yeah. you know, just that gooey sort of gel on the inside. And uh, I was very proud of this. I diced some up. I dry fried it until it was dry, hit it with some uh, with some lime juice. So they made little like sweet little lime cubes. And then I served it over coconut rice and it was delicious. Oh, that's nice. I'm not going to lie. I was very excited that's about really that. Nice. Yeah. By the way, I do want to go back to British Bake Off. I don't know why yeah. I couldn't think of this in my head. Where you're like, how many? Ch-? There are always three in every episode. Three challenges. Yeah. There's a signature challenge where they make something that they know how to make. That's like tried and true. Then mm-hmm. there's a technical challenge where they have to make something that's like a trifle or yeah, and a then panna there's a sh- or something. Yeah, and then there's a showstopper challenge where they get to show off their skills and talent. So. I like that. And it's the same thing, even though they're, they want something that looks professional, but also tastes great. Like you want the best mm. possible version of it. It's you're just trying is there's a noble effort. Like there, mm. nobody's going to be dressed down. Yeah. But you still the standard, you know, Mary Berry, there's a reason what they call her Mary Queen of Cakes. Yeah. She is a dame who is going to be 88 years old in March. Good on her. Is she still on the show? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think she left in 2016, I think. Gotcha. Do you think that um, because it is, and I have no thought on this either way, I'm just posing it. Do you think that because it is specifically baking that we lose some of the hero shots and techniques and flambéing and smoke guns and all the different things that they do on Chopped and all the different toys they have in the kitchen? It's just different methods to do the same thing. Like, do you want it to be high tech or do you want to see somebody using whatever basic tools they have? You mm-hmm. know, they're not using smoking machines or things like that, but they're trying to make the best possible version of a dish that they can. Sometimes it's cooler to see them do it. Like, I like seeing people like use liquid, like, uh, was name uh, Richard, uh, uh, whatever the guy who does the liquid nitrogen and everything. Richard Blaze. Is that his name? Is he a, he's one that's on. He was a top chef guy. Top chef guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, I love stuff like that. And he's like, become yeah, like the liquid molecular nitrogen. gastronomy kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, he's a molecular gastronomy dude. Yeah. But there's something too. You all have like the standard kitchen tools. Go make this. Yeah. Go make me the best three layer cake you possibly can. And it has to look yeah. great and taste great. Both. Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of. And I like, look, I like the show. I like, it feels like the competition may be too specific and too gentle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that if it's a cooking competition show, the game of chopped and the free for all that is chopped and the running back and forth might aim me more in that direction of that being as a cooking competition goes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it'd be you, like, it'd be like watching a basketball game where everybody was like, no, 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 after you may I have the ball. Thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's talk a little about the hosts because you mentioned Mary Berry. Is she actually a dame? She is. 
Yes. Nice. Yes. And she was one of the judges. She was not the host. Right. So the host, Mel and Sue, very funny in the early years. And then they went with more, like, they got more like British stand-up comedians to be the hosts of it. Do you think mm-hmm. that helped the show? I think gave it a different flavor. I think that yeah. it, they're entertaining. Like, you, you get to a certain point where, like, they're famous people, but obviously they also, there's a respect for the show. Yeah. Like they're part of the institution. They're not coming in, doesn't come in and become the Noel Fielding show. Yeah. Noel Fielding definitely has the deference and he knows he's with a dame and he knows he's with, what's his name? Uh, Paul Hollywood. The yes. Piercing blue eyes. Yes. What was, there was some video I watched the other day. It was somebody accidentally made some innuendo and Paul Hollywood and the contestant both sort of snickered. And Mary Berry looked at the two of them like they were absolute children. Yeah. Just like she scolded them visually. And it was so funny. Uh, Yeah. They're just, they're very charming hosts. Mary Berry doesn't suffer fools. No, not at all. She expects the best from you. And that's something about like, oh, I would call her the star of the show. Although I do love me a Paul Hollywood as well. Sure. Great name. Do you think that it's suffered because she's not on there anymore? And Paul Hollywood's got to hold down the fort. I think it's different, but yeah. you can also go back and watch. I, I mean, like you can always go back and re. There's a rewatchability to it as well. You can oh, sure. It again and again. Yeah. So you know, just the same with like Chopped is a parade of the same thing over and over again. You, yeah. they, all these shows are the same thing. Of course they, they are. are. They're, the they're, that's their comfort food. That's why another. you want to just turn. I turn on Chopped when I'm cooking all the time. And mm-hmm. as far as like, you've got Ted Allen hosting that show. Who again, brilliant on okay. Queer Eye, brilliant on Chopped, great okay. on Chopped Junior. Really funny with the kids. And when the kids throw shade at him, he is such a wonderful Margaret Dumont to their little Marx brothers. It's <laughs> so funny to watch. He's so good at that. Yeah. But you've also got great judges on that show. You've got Scott Conan. You've got Chris Santos, Amanda Freytag, who is my TV chef crush. Come mm-hmm. on, Amanda Freytag. <laughs> you've got Manit. I don't know how to say her last name. Chuan, something like that, who is amazing, brilliant. But you've also got one of my favorites. Oh, my gosh. But I can't remember her name right now. Who's the, the mouthy Italian one who everything sounds like a poem? Oh, my God. You know who I'm talking about? The all-time great Alex Guarnaschelli, who, when she talks, she it always sounds like she's writing a poem in her head. Or it's like Hunter S. Thompson mm-hmm. is giving a critique of a dish. Yeah, you know what? I really liked it when the lentils at the beginning were driving the car and they were on the freeway. But then about halfway through, those though that stuffed pepper chicken just yanked the steering wheel and took us way off course. Now, we could have gone over the cliff, but somehow the, the cream sauce managed to rein us back in right as we were all about to die. <laughs> You're like, I love I just love the way she talks about food. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got great. you know the fastidious Jeff Zakarian, you've mm-hmm. got the tattoos of Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, they're all great. Yeah, I, there are very few food competition shows where I don't enjoy the judges because yeah. they all know what they're talking about, and yeah. so to you get the sense that if they were to jump in, you know, like a good judge is someone who you think would win every time on any competition show that they yeah. entered, so they've earned their spot. They're these people that the contestants look up to. So their feedback means something. Yeah. And that also, it's another reason why Mary Berry is a good judge. She's written 75 books. I mean, that's the thing is the motley crew of chopped judges and all of their individual personalities. Can they stand up to a Mary Berry and her 
And the, she's the Mary Poppins of food. That like quasi beehive. No, you can't. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you can set it to her. And she's got Paul Hollywood over no. her shoulder. Yeah. So it seems like the personalities, all of the human stories, the contestants themselves, because you have them for the whole season or for mm-hmm. one, you know, for at least one of them the whole season. And the hosts seem to be those two categories. It seems like. The victor of that is Great British Baking Show. As far as like the obstacles and the gameplay and the excitement and all of that, that feels like that had that Chopped has the edge on that. Would you agree? Yeah, I think the three shows that are not the Great British Bake Off all share a pressure and competition yeah. that creates drama that's really fun. And I think the mm-hmm. Great British Bake Off, while it wins some categories, uh, mm-hmm. To me, it, uh, and it is a hundred, I certainly wouldn't disqualify it from being a cooking competition show, but right. I think it exists in its own sort of little level. It's under its own special glass cloche. Yes. I would yeah. keep it under the cloche and I would decide between the other three. Okay. Because so, they're shows that are so similar to one another mm-hmm. that now like, all right, how do we split these hairs? Which one's the best one? Yeah. Two of those have a one contestant per episode, all accomplished chefs, one with master iron chef, not master chefs, uh, with iron chefs who have been vetted and, uh, you know, gone through the ringer. And then you've also got the home cooks and you do have stiffer competition than on, I mean, as far as, you know, outwardly tougher competition than Great British Bake Off, but you do have home cooks on that. So that kind of, is it a tepid version of too many things or does it have the right alchemy? Is that the Goldilocks? We have contestants that are nice to each other, but also are in a intense competition. What do you think? I think that the mystery basket is just so compelling. Yeah. I think it's, and there is a neatness to it that every episode is going to feel fresh. There's a baggage you carry from episode to episode. It's fun to root for people and watch them on their journey. But there's also, there's also something too, like you're going to come here and you have one show to win. Yeah. And you don't get to come back. You know what I mean? Like you're not coming back, at least unless we do something really special to try to win again. Uh, The top chop tournament of champions is amazing. Well, right. And those are people who have won. So if yeah. you lose, chances are you're not, you're never coming back again. Yeah. You know, they so, did do chopped redemption. Right. 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 Like, but somebody like I said, will, yeah, it has to be special. Like they have to exactly. do a redemption episode. You don't get a whole season to, yeah. to try to figure it out and to improve. You have to come there. These are people who are expected to be on their A game immediately and throughout. With with yeah. proteins they may not be super familiar with, with vegetables and fruits that they don't normally cook with, and they have to figure out and put together an entire meal. Yeah. Like, they put together these dishes. I just find that the magic trick of that show is the reason why so many people are obsessed with it. Yeah, I would agree. And I think also they add a little bit of comedy with some of the dishes. Not some of the dishes, some of the ingredients that people are given. Yes. When you hear Scott Conant talk about the succulence of a testicle, like these are hilarious phrases. There was one episode where, and sometimes I, there are some episodes that feel like they've maybe jumped the shark where they're just doing crazy, crazy. A pig anus was an ingredient once. Mm-hmm. At which point, you know what? Make a broth, dude. Just make a make broth. Make a broth. That's always yeah. the answer. Yeah. Make a broth. Make a pig anus broth. Uh, and you know, maybe just for me getting to say the phrase pig anus broth on this show, that's that our might winner. give the edge to, to chopped. 
people of the world, we have a lot of shows that have worked very hard and entertained us, uplifted us, put us on the edge of our seat, inspired us, made us feel good about ourselves as chefs. But the combination of the mystery basket and the episode in a bottle and just people mm. who have to be at the top of their game for the three, what is it, like an hour at a time they're cooking or 45 minutes means, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a different level. It's a different type of addicting. And that means chef chopped that you are the, we got this champion asked and answered. Wow. You know what? This has really gotten me excited to watch an episode of Chopped. And I bet if I turned on Food Network right now, <laughs> it's on. What do you think the chances are? You know what? Hold on. We're going to find out. All right. Mark is turning on his television right now. It is over his shoulder mm-hmm. as it is traditionally during an episode. Yeah. Is a Roku TV. Sometime paused on Jeopardy at the beginning of a Jeopardy. Often. Episode. Often. If it's the right time, you're like, all right, I got to go. Jeopardy's starting because it catches up because you pa- you're not recording it. You're pausing live. Yeah, because I don't have a DVR, but I do have a pause live television function. Yeah. All right. We're opening up the cable TV app now. Here we go. This is breathtaking podcasting. No. What is on the food channel at this moment? Sanjay Gupta is on a different channel. Some of this out. Oh, no, it's not. What is on Food Network right now, Mark Gagliardi? Food Network right now is Restaurant Impossible. We just missed an episode of Chop that aired at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You know what? But Chop was on while we were doing this episode. Exactly. There yeah. you go. All right. Well, ask and answered. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets or cook up an email and send it to we got this podcast at gmail.com or come serve your thoughts on the cooking shows that you love. Competition only. We'll talk about other cooking shows later. You can go to facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast to do what I just said. Thank you to producer Ken Plume. Support him over at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Thank you also to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Elba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world. Please open your baskets, and your podcast must include Hal, Mark, the Maximum Fun Network, a pig anus, and you, the people of the world, for giving us a chance to sit down and talk to one another about Why stuff they- that we clearly, clearly love. Why are they after the pig anus? I don't know. Well, they had to be last, because they bow last in this particular curtain call. Fair enough. Yeah. The pig anus just ran out and did its curtain call real quick, but it got a big cheer from the crowd. It's the comic relief. Hell, that's not the point. The point is, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. You give Hal and I a lot of joy coming together every week and doing this, and we wouldn't do it without you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.